Michelle Palazon, your host and the head witch in charge here at Holisticism. And today we are bridging the gap between the mystical and the technical with our guest, Grace Duong. I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this week's episode. Grace is the founder of Mystic Mondays and the visionary behind the Mystic Mondays tarot deck and the crystal oracle deck, which is a really cool hexagonal, I think it's a, it's a hexagon, deck that is a crystal oracle deck where you pull the cards and it gives you a crystal and the feeling and the vibe. And it's really cool, especially for anyone who's an esthete. So I talked to Grace for a while. I feel like we could have talked for hours and hours about what it's like to be a founder who's making things manifest into the world. You know, so often we're making things in the digital space and in digital formats, and we don't get to see them and hold them in our hands and like have a physical reality version of them. And so to publish something like a crystal deck or a tarot deck or even a book is such an interesting, and I know for many of you listening, is a goal, right? It's a really cool example of the creative process and also of the visionary process. You know, when you take something from the ideation, just in your wildest dreams phase, all the way through making it real and, you know, birthing, creatively birthing that thing into the world. It's such an amazing experience. And it's very different than producing digital content or making, you know, in-person services or digital services. So I'm really keen for you to hear a little bit more about Grace's actual process because she talks a lot about it really transparently. And I think it will be really useful to anyone who wants to make a deck of their own or write a book someday. And, ooh, speaking of tech (laughs) and making things, what I loved about this interview with Grace is that she really like bridges the gap between the technical and the spiritual because Mystic Monday has, has this amazing iOS app that you can pull a card, you can get your numerology. It's sweet. And we jammed on that for a while because I came from a tech background and holisticism was originally a technical product. And I'm really into, and we're exploring this idea of wellness tech a ton. In fact, this week inside the cusp, if you're not already a member, you should totally join for free. You get two weeks for free. We're exploring this app called Field Trip. Field Trip is an app that's supposed to help you reach psychedelic levels. Well, Field Trip is the brand, is the company, and they're pairing psychedelics, hallucinogenics, with wellness practices and with therapy. And they've made this app called Trip that's supposed to make you feel like you're having a psychedelic experience through breath work and meditation and through this wellness app. So this week we review the app. There are some strong opinions and I'm really excited for you to read a little bit more about it and also to get your feedback if you've been thinking about, I don't know, trying the psychedelics, doing a little holotropic breath work. Our expert this week is Kaylin Flynn, who is a holistic psychiatrist and who's one of our visionaries in residence. So you get to meet her and Kaylin's specialty is actually psychedelics. She is extremely educated and extremely, I guess, like, what would the word be? She's practiced. She's practiced a lot with them, with the practice of psychology and psychiatry and I just love what she has to say and her perspective on it. She's also studied plant medicine in South America with indigenous tribes. 
She is such a G. And she gives the review, our expert review, this week inside the cusp. So if you want to check that out, strongly recommend it. We still have many job listings that are going up inside the cusp every week. So if you haven't checked those and you're looking for something in the wellness or well-being space, cusp is there for you. And I think with that, let's jump into the episode with Grace. So hi, Grace. Hey, Michelle. How are you doing? I'm just living. I'm just over here living. Love it. (laughs) How are you? You know, I feel like I'm just soaking up this Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Are you normally like good with Mercury retrogrades or do they, you know, mess with your shit? It really depends. I've noticed some like laptop mishaps, you know, where I've had to like go replace it and things like that. But generally I'm looking at it as a way to just slow down. Yes, I feel that. My mantra for this month is slow down to speed up because I feel like Mm. the more, the slower I go, like it's almost like magic happens without me trying to make it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you happen to be a generator in human design? No, dude, I'm a projector. What about you? What are you in human design? I am a generator. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense given how many incredible products you have and how busy I feel like you are all the time. Yeah, I'm feeling that. So I'm enjoying this Mercury (laughs) retrograde. (laughs) So how does that like, when did you find out you were a generator and was it surprising to you or are you like, oh no, that is correct for me. That is in alignment. Hmm, I would say probably sometime last year was when I started digging into human design some more and I got a really in-depth reading and that really like opened up the door for me to really understand and accept my human design. So Mm. I totally resonate with being a generator in the sense where you allow things to come to you. And I feel like for so long and the way we're kind of like taught in this society to like go after things that generators can just respond. (laughs) So they can wait for things to come to them. And it's like, yes, you come to me. (laughs) So that's just been nice in the sense where like, I don't have to do anything. I feel like what you picture as not having to do anything is like everyone else is climbing Everest. Like you seem from where I sit, like the most productive, the most creative, like the highest output person ever. Like you've got two incredible decks. You've got this fucking baller app that is so good. Like how do you do it all? And like, did it all come to you in one fell swoop? Or is it kind of like you get these pings of excitement and you're like, I got to go do that thing now. I've got to say that it's been quite a journey. (laughs) (laughs) And anybody that's going to start their own business is going to discover that their great idea comes with many, many steps and sometimes most definitely hurdles. So with Mystic Mondays, the tarot deck anyway, that really did come from a place of wanting to feel like I was creating something with purpose. And in a sense, this whole journey of creating Mystic Mondays has been really healing for myself. And I did have the app idea for a while, but that has actually taken quite a bit of time to get together. So I'm really excited that it started, like these ideas are like starting to come out now, but you know, for anyone just like peering in, like it took probably over a year to just get like the right people together, to get the content together, to design the screens. So 
it takes a lot of, I would say, commitment and dedication. But for me, it's more about the larger purpose behind what you're doing. And so that propels me forward in a way where I'm I'm not quitting (laughs) because it's hard, you know. Yeah. I used to work in tech and I actually built software for holisticism when I started the company. So that was the original. My original thought was, well, we could make wellness more accessible and inclusive by making it easier for people to make appointments with wellness practitioners. So I built backend software to help people do that. And it was so time consuming. (laughs) It was so hard finding a technical team especially my experiences as a woman was really, really challenging. I remember meeting with a guy who someone recommended to me as a CTO, a chief technical officer. And at the end of our meeting, he asked me out and I was like, this was a job interview. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't think you, I don't get it. <laughs> and it, it just, it was such a like slog. It was so hard. And That's you know what? I've had similar experiences. <laughs> I was betting you probably had. <laughs> why? <laughs> just why? It's so inferior. And I'm like, I'm sure you had a similar experience when I was talking about holistic practitioners and I was saying like, you know, energy healers and tarot readers and, you know, talking about who would be using the platform and just seeing people's eyes glaze over and think probably this girl's so stupid that she thinks she can build this thing or that people even want this thing. It was so demoralizing. And if I hadn't like really wanted that with all of my heart, God, I would have quit so long ago. So what was your experience like? Because you've really like you've taken something very mystical and obviously very deeply channeled. And you've made a product out of it that's not only beautiful, but also very marketable. And I'm assuming has done incredibly well because I know so many people who have your decks and who love them and who also who are on the app. So what's it been like to sort of like to straddle both worlds, for lack of a better term? It's a really good question. I think it has a lot to do with my Aries sun and my Pisces moon. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, I felt like there was like inner conflict between which one wanted to shine. (laughs) So as a child, I actually felt more aligned with all of the Pisces descriptions because I was like very dreamy. I was like reading all the time. I loved to escape in books and painting and drawing and all of those sort of things. And now that I'm an adult, I definitely feel much more like an Aries, but I think that it really comes with honoring the divine feminine and masculine within myself. And so I was always like a go-getter. I was always like hardworking and, but to a point where I would feel constantly burnt out. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I still deal with that and I'm learning to better manage my energy, but I'm finding that the more that I take care of myself, the more that I can honor when I need to switch off. And so Mm. I think that definitely helps me straddle between like the physical, like manifesting, making the things happen because, you know, for me, I feel a sense of satisfaction when that big thing is like finally there. And it's just like a constant thing. You know, when I started my spiritual journey, I was always like, when is this going to (laughs) end? Am I there yet? Like, (laughs) is this over? And it's the same with business, you know, 
if you get to a certain level, you just keep evolving and you keep growing from there. Yeah. I always joke with my students because we teach a lot of intuitive business at Holisticism that if you want to like do some personal development really quickly, just start a business. Like (laughs) it is the easiest way to learn about yourself and your shadows and all the things that you've been avoiding. And the thing is like, you can quit when you run into those hardships or those difficulties, I guess, but they're going to show up in other parts of your life. They're going to show up in your next business or your next job or your next relationship. And it's only a matter of time before you have to face them down and not even face them down, just like go through the experience of them and work through them. And business is like such a beautiful vehicle and co-creative vehicle because it's not just about you. It's about like this greater mission and purpose that you're bringing to the world, which is kind of, again, when it gets really hard, it's like, okay, I got to do this for the people that I'm doing this for and for myself. But sometimes it's easier to keep going when you have a vision for others that you're holding. I a thousand million percent agree with everything you just said, (laughs) because building a business, I feel like is like soul evolution is just so confronting on so many levels. Like if you want to keep going and level up in a sense, you have to face your fears, whether it's your money blocks or showing up or letting yourself shine or all of these things that may battle those limiting beliefs that are inside of you. And if you don't confront them, It just, you know, it becomes a pattern that you can't escape until you finally confront it. It's so much like relationships where you keep kind of dating the same person until you're like, okay, I'm not going to date narcissists anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Like I'm, I'm bored of this. And I feel like that's kind of what it comes down to of like, I'm bored of this being my life again and being in this relationship or this experience again. And I'm like ready for something new and interesting and different. Yeah. It's like when I've gotten to those points, I'm just like, I'm so sick of myself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm over this. (laughs) Let's move on, please. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I had that feeling. I'm an introvert and I get really nervous talking in front of big groups of people and I don't like crowds. And when I started Holisticism, I started with a bunch of live events. And every time I was like, oh my God, there's so much work. It's so much to it. And then one day I just woke up and was like, yo, Palazon, just like stop making this such a big deal. It's not a big fucking deal. Like just, (laughs) I don't want this to be a big deal anymore. And when I just decided it wasn't a big deal, it was so much easier, so much more fun. And like, again, it just wasn't a big deal. I just had to like shift it in my brain and, and decide. How did your body feel when you decided that? Still kind of hated it, but it was like, it's okay. You don't have to like these things. It's just not hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay to not like things and, and still do them. And eventually we stopped doing them, which was great for me, but I don't have to make everything hard. Like I cannot like something just because I don't enjoy it, you know, not because it's like killing me. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's brings up such a great point because I feel like, a lot of us tend to make things like way more complicated than it needs to be. I mean, me especially, (laughs) where I'm like (laughs) a thousand steps need to be here. And then I find like other things that need to be done. And it's like this constant cycle. So I feel like I'm definitely in a mode of just simplifying. And Mm. that's been really nice. How does that show up for you? Well, I'm getting ready to go participate in a plant medicine retreat. And so I have been 
participating in the diet. <laughs> so it's like yeah. no salt, no sugar. So for the past four days, I've just been really eating like steamed vegetables and juicing. And I actually don't mind the no salt. Like when I participated in the past, I definitely resisted it. But this time I'm like, oh, this hard boiled egg is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Such flavor. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's exciting. And what may I ask, like what spurred the the journeying and the like wanting to go deeper? Is there something in particular you want to get out of it? Well, I do feel like I have been in a mode of where I'm just like constantly working. And so Mm. to your point of making life easier, I'm just ready for life to be easier. And I'm ready (laughs) for that new chapter. And so it's kind of like the death card in tarot. I kind of feel like I'm going through that phase where something has to die, like an old mm-hmm. part of myself in order for this new self to emerge. So yeah, I just feel like, and I feel like a lot of people have been feeling like this too, where last year we've really had to reflect and we've had to think about what's really important to us. And mm-hmm. for me, my word of the year is freedom. And so I'm looking for more ways that I can be free within myself and how that can reflect in my outer world. Wow. I love that. I love that your word is freedom. That's really lovely. Do you feel like your business has offered you freedom or has held you back from freedom? Ooh, straddling the line again. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a push-pull because like you mentioned, there are definitely things that you won't enjoy doing like not every activity in your business you'll want to do, but you know, they're all growing opportunities. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so for me, in so, it, it's kind of like both because in some ways I've been really able to creatively express myself in a sense where before Mystic Mondays, I didn't even consider myself to be a writer. And then, really, yeah. And then when it got picked up by Chronicle Books and I only emailed one publisher. So everything just like felt really aligned in the way everything happened. Oh, so did you email them like a couple of examples of the deck that you'd, you'd drawn up and like with the, with the descriptions and you're like, I kind of want to make this thing. Are you guys game? And they were like, let's do it. Yeah. So basically (laughs) I emailed them because I experienced a lot of like, damages to the stock so the original cards they had like holographic foil on the back and then they would scratch the Mm, front of the mm -hmm. cards so that was something that I didn't you know I wasn't aware of until the cards were made so then that kind of prompted me because I just remember that week where I was just like checking decks for an entire week and that's like all I did and yeah so that prompted me to email the one publisher (laughs) And it was at their generic email. And then, yeah, it was just basically like, here's the deck. You know, I launched a Kickstarter around it. And, you know, this is what the deck is about. And then, you know, they got back to me a week later. And then I sent them a demo, you know, a demo deck. And then I had like a literary agent like three days before I signed the contract. So everything just happened really fast. And did you find that agent or did they like, were they like, you need an agent, so you got to go talk to someone? No, actually. So I found somebody on LinkedIn that was like a VP of another like well-known, I would say like tarot card, 
like another well-known tarot card deck was like published with that publisher and she used to work with that publisher but wow sorry um no you're good um, I I can see you thinking back into the past (laughs) I just am not sure if I should be saying this (laughs) but so basically this person like like tried to like almost like swindle me but then she introduced me to my actual agent (laughs) because she was like I believe in your product so I'm gonna like refer you to this other agent and then we signed like really quickly Whoa, that's wild. And you wouldn't have been able, you you really needed that person to help you like bring this whole thing to life, right? Not really. I mean, agent? you don't need an agent. Oh. So Chronicle like had already sent me a contract and then I got an agent after that because I just knew instinctively that I didn't know all the details that I needed to know. So mm. it's been a lot easier to have an agent I've had one throughout my entire, like, I would say publishing career. So I don't know what it's like to not have one, but it has been really nice for them to like negotiate the contracts and keep tabs on, you know, being the middleman between you and the publisher. Yeah. That it's like having a project manager. It's just, it lets you do your job and like kind of be creative, like do what you're good at. Right. Which is like creating and making and coming up with the ideas and not being worried about constantly like having to have your own back when you know someone else is on your team and has your back. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there are so many people out there who are just creative geniuses who have no, who want to make things like decks or write books, especially in the mystical space, especially people who don't have a white identity, who we need more creators of color. We need more healers and practitioners who have identities beyond the cis white hetero identity and who are making art for all of us and for, you know, like, so we all feel seen and heard by these tools that we're using on a day-to-day basis. And I think that it would be so useful, like for them to hear your experience with like working with a publisher and maybe like the great parts of that and also the things that have been challenging because now you have two decks out. We I totally buried the lead and your crystal grid deck is so cool. So was that something that like just came to you and you're like, hey guys, call up your agent and you're like, I have another idea. Let's do this. Or were they, did they offer that to you? Like, we'd love you to make something new. No, every deck that I've ever thought of has come from me first. So mm-hmm. I actually made a mock-up of this like hexagon box way back when the Mystic Mondays Kickstarter was like going on because I really wanted like to make it cool. And, you know, I kind of feel like I like saved that idea for later to have these like crystal cards be hexagon and for them to all connect. And, you know, you could use them for yourself as a daily ritual or you could do it with friends and create a grid together. And Yeah, for me, it was very much of just like, for me, I'm like pretty good at combining different things together to create new ideas. So, you know, I've been seeing like a lot of like 3D stuff. So I actually learned Cinema 4D for this project. And cool. Yeah, which it's a Cinema 4D is a 3D program. I've used it before. It's yeah, you use it with like with Adobe with After Effects or with yeah, it's sweet. It's also really complicated, or at least it was for me. Yeah, I would like not say I'm an expert by any means, but it got me through this crystal <laughs> grid project. You made a whole you made a whole deck, so I feel like you're good. 
<laughs> yeah. So what's funny is I, when I put this pitch together, I didn't know this program at all. <laughs> so I had to learn it after, you know, the, the new contract was like done and settled with. But when you put your mind to something, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, you make it. Ha- it sounds like you make it happen, Grace. Yes, you <laughs> absolutely make it happen. <laughs> so when you like from ideation, you're like, I want to make this crystal deck grid to like project completion. About how long did it take? I would say like a solid two and a half months. And I thought you were going to say two and a half years. And I was like, okay, okay. And then you said two and a half months. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, wow. That's, that's fast. Yeah. It's actually like, if I concentrated the time all in one, I would say two and a half months, but you know what? I think you're right. There's probably more (laughs) that went into it because there's like the editing beyond just what I did. There's like, you know, the editor, (laughs) she has to go through all the writing and What's nice about working with a publisher also is that they have their own team. So they have, you know, I work primarily with my editor, but there's also a designer that helps format these images for print. And then they have their own marketing team, which is really nice. And my decks were published by two different publishers. So Mystic Monday's Tarot was published with Chronicle Books. And then they actually passed on the Crystal Grid deck, which... You know, I'm actually super, like, I really loved how everything came out. So I'm happy. You know, I think things like happen for a reason. So it went to the right. 100p. Yeah. Yeah. Went to the right publisher. So Running Press is actually the publisher for the Crystal Grid deck. Wow. Okay. Do you feel like whenever you create something new, it's like giving birth? Do you feel like it's that experience for you? Yeah, but like super long. (laughs) That's probably what pregnancy feels like. (laughs) Right. I wouldn't know, but it seems like it feels like it takes forever. So what do you do after? Like, do you have a wind down or like something that you do to celebrate? Because I feel like, let me speak from the eye. As a woman, I'm like not great at just like celebrating when I do shit. I'm like, cool, cool, cool. What's the next thing that I have to do next? Like, great. I can celebrate that thing later. Even when it's like a milestone I've been working towards for years and years and years, it's almost like I just don't let myself simmer in it and and enjoy it. So that's something that over the past couple of years, I've really had to work on of like actually putting time in my calendar to celebrate a win or a success, or even like when something doesn't go right, still having that moment to be like, all right, I tried my best. And that was, that's enough. That's all I can ask for has really a change maker for me. So are you able to like celebrate yourself after these experiences, after giving birth? I would say that I'm kind of on that same boat as you are in some ways. I'm like learning to embrace that because something that I've found is that after the big thing, you're kind of like exhausted. (laughs) So (laughs) it's almost like the win is just like, chilling out (laughs) and resting so that you can do the next big thing. But for me, what I'm starting to incorporate more is just like that daily self-care. So something that I've been doing that has been super helpful is just like like a self-care love ritual in the shower. So I'll just use this salt scrub that I've made and I just like lovingly say affirmations to myself. And that I feel like 
whenever I step out, I just feel so much more empowered. And I think it's just like that daily acknowledgement that makes more of a difference than that big, you know, waiting for that big buildup. Because I know that when seeking approval from that big achievement, it just doesn't feel as good. Oh my God. You hit the nail on the head. It's almost like hollow. I feel like that's the weird thing about setting and achieving goals and why I don't like love goals in general is because once you get there, it's like, okay, now what? Like what's next? And not that it's like demoralizing, but it's kind of like, wait, I work so hard for why? (laughs) This doesn't feel as good as I thought it was going to feel. And it's so different to like be present in the day to day, which is like where the real learning happens, circling back to the beginning of our conversation and where, where the real growth happens. It doesn't happen when you cross the finish line, when you see your first, like the first version of your deck in print, although I'm sure that that's a beautiful experience. It's like in the nitty gritty of the day to day of, of just being. Totally. And I would say that even after achieving, there's still like having to ground yourself in why you're doing the thing that you're doing. Because sometimes, and I know I can definitely be like this, where I just like get on the hamster wheel and I just keep going and, you know, I get the things done. But for me, if I'm not having the meaning behind my actions, it does end up feeling more hollow. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I'm more intentional about why I'm doing the thing, then it feels more empowering to do that. Yeah, totally. And that you just like sparked a little idea in my head. And I wonder if for you, because you you're such a or maybe I'm projecting this on you, but you seem like such a driven, like make it happen type of person. But you're also this modern mystic. What if ever like how does it feel when you get maybe a little out of alignment and you're maybe out of practice with your spiritual tools does does that ever happen to you that you're like oh my god I haven't I don't know I haven't meditated or I haven't pulled cards in like a while I better get back on my shit yeah for me I feel it in my nervous system so it's just like Mm. this heightened like survival mode just like you know fight or flight but I feel like it's really about like nourishing the body. And for me, it's very much about coming back into my body, which is absolutely still a process right now. But I think it's also because I'm such a like mind type of person. Like I'm a thinker, even though I'm like, I would say spiritual for sure. I'm also pretty rational and logical at the same time. So it's kind of interesting to balance those kind of energies. Yeah. I feel that so much. Like I love a PL, you know, I love to run numbers as much as the next person, but I also usually like open up my Akashic records before I do that. And I'm like, what's the purpose of this? And even like when I come up with pricing in our business, I always ask for help from like my master's teachers and loved ones or from my guides or from my ancestors. It's interesting to like sort of walk the line between the two and sometimes see myself maybe wafting over in one direction and needing to come back to balance and find like the equilibrium between the two. But it's like a dance all the time. It's like always fluid and moving. Yeah, I don't think that, you know, people should limit themselves in what they can be and all they can be. Like you can be the boss business woman or man and you could be ultra spiritual and you could, you know, 
enjoy skateboarding on the boardwalk or whatever. <laughs> Are you describing me right now? Grace? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like we're multidimensional beings. And I think so often society understands one thing about us, right? It wants to put us into a box and have a, it wants us to have one identity. And the truth is like, we never do. We never hold just one identity. We never hold just one archetype. We're all of the things. And I guess like along those lines in the wellness and spiritual space, do you feel like you fit in? Do you feel like at home in this space or, or do you feel like, like an anomaly because of you, because you balance both the sort of business mind and the intellectual mind and the mystical. I actually feel more at home here than anywhere else. <laughs> like I, I truly do feel like this is like a calling of mine to create products that help heal and empower people. So whatever I create, whether it's, you know, the decks or the app or courses or whatever it is, it all comes from that same intention and I feel much more open to be myself in this world than, you know, working at a corporate job because it's almost like we speak the same language. Like I can talk about my Aries sun and my Pisces moon and you would understand, <laughs> you know. And I do. Yep, totally. <laughs> yeah. But I will say that when I first started, I was definitely experiencing imposter syndrome because I was like, Ooh, like I haven't been in this for that long. Like, do I have the right to create a tarot deck? Do I, you know, like, so there was definitely some of that when I first started. And I think anyone going through their spiritual journey, if they feel called to be more visible within the healing realm, that I think that's normal. It comes with practice and time. Yeah. I think, there's kind of in my, and from where I sit, there's a little bit of like an archetypal journey that happens where like when we first start healing or we're like the seeker, right? And we're like taking in all this information and wanting to learn and experiencing it and healing ourselves. And we're like, this is fucking amazing. And we want to tell everyone we know about it, right? We're just like looping everyone in or the people that we feel safe looping in. We're trying to teach more people about it. And then we want to like really help others and teach them and be almost like out there, you know, put ourselves out there for them. And then I think some evolution happens as you're in this space more where you're like, oh, I don't need to like force this onto people. <laughs> At least I'll speak from the eye. That's definitely what happened to me where I was like, oh, I can just like be myself. And maybe that's a billboard enough for this experience or people wanting to know more. And maybe that's invitation enough to go deeper. And I feel like you can kind of sense when people are maybe in the beginning stages of their own healing experience because they like want to loop everyone in. I think that that's kind of like a beautiful thing. And as we grow, just like becoming almost more confident in ourselves and our own power and our own presence, like, oh, just by being myself and healing myself, I can kind of in turn heal the world and create space for others to be themselves too. Yes, that is very beautiful. And I like, that is something I love about this healing space where it's really about yourself and not in a selfish way. It's because when you heal yourself, you also heal your lineage, you heal your relationships, the people around you, which creates a ripple effect. So the most important thing that you can do is to prioritize yourself. Yeah. And I think that like sometimes that 
almost individualism gets missed of like, I have to heal myself first. I need to fill up my own cup before I fill up the cups of others, which I think is hundred percent true. Sometimes gets misconstrued as just like totally individual navel gazing experience and like gives people a pass to not be in community because they're like, but I'm doing my work and there you go. But I think that like when we're actually really doing the work and healing ourselves, whatever that might be mean on our healing journey, we can't not be in community. Like we cannot not see the people around us and be like, you know what? I need to make this space better, not just for me, but for everyone. And like, that's my responsibility as someone who is here on this planet. Yeah. Like leaving the world a better place than you found it. Yeah. And, and also, I mean, like just looking at what's happened over the last year, so much shadow work has come up for, for people. And if there aren't, if you're not acknowledging like your own shadow, when, especially in the United States, when it comes to like the BLM uprisings and what's happened with our government over the last year or so, four years in particular, if you're not acknowledging the shadow there, then I think that there's some spiritual bypassing that's happening around like healing and evolving. Yeah. It's like when, people aren't ready to take full ownership over their own experience. And so it's like a constant projection of what other people are not doing when really it reflects back to themselves of what they're not doing. Yeah. And I mean, like there's so much language around like love and light and positive vibes only and all of that in the wellness space that seems at this point, like so dated and age aged, you know, like that is so like not what it's all about that I'm like so curious to see how people begin using their spiritual tools. And I think we're already seeing, you know, spiritual sort of activism happening in these spaces. And it's so inspiring. And and like, it makes me want to be in the wellness world again, because there is definitely a time where I didn't feel like I fit in in this space because so much of that language was regular or like what everyone was talking about. Well, there's so many different facets of the wellness world that, Mm -hmm. you know, I think I feel like I belong in a sense where it's ethereal, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I can totally relate to what you're saying in terms of like, you know, because like a community that fully gets it because there's Mm -hmm. just so many different people that have their own opinions about what's right and what's wrong, which I don't think, you know, everyone has their own perspective. And I think it's much more about just opening yourself up to all of those different perspectives. And that is something that I love about witches. They are not afraid to throw down and fight for what they believe in. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Witches are like, I feel like a hundred percent of the time, witches are political. Yeah. I love that about them. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like, do you consider yourself a witch? You know, that is a great question. Now I do. But when I first started this journey and then people started calling me witch, I was like, ooh, because I was still feeling that, I guess, like negative connotation that came with the word witch. But something pretty recently, I guess, once I launched my membership, that part of it is just embracing the word witch as a call to your power. (laughs) So I've Mm -hmm. been embracing it much more and that it's not a bad word. It's just much more, it's very, it's even like fun to say. (laughs) I'm a witch. (laughs) I I love it. I love saying that I'm a witch and like, 
Yeah, the, the cool thing about being a witch is that there's no right way to do it. There are like a million ways you could be a witch. You can be a kitchen witch. You can be a green witch. You can be a creative witch. Like you're definitely conjuring up things with your art and with your brilliant brain. And it's so cool to see you making that, not just in the like 3D world of material things, but also I think what you're building technically on your app is so incredible. And it sounds like your digital community is its own little version of your conjure magic too. Yeah, it's, I'm embracing that magic of just drawing, (laughs) drawing the things towards me. And it's that Aquarian energy too. I feel mm-hmm. like I actually have a North node in Aquarius. So I, that really resonates with me to like really be in tech somehow or like build community in that way. Totally. Oh my God. That's so cool. I got an unfortunate, not unfortunately, I have a Pisces North node. So yeah. again, more of the feelings. <laughs> What goes with the Pisces North Node? It's all about embracing your spiritual and mystical elements and like really stepping into them. And your Virgo is the South Node. So it's the opposite. So I'm very good at organization, very good at working hard. And it will be my journey in this life to release working hard and just be. Ooh, that felt good when you said it. (laughs) I think that most of us should try to release working hard. Like that ain't it anymore, fam. Like I'm all about how much work can we do like horizontally, you know, like laying down, just chilling. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What's your South node? Leo. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's very much about like releasing because apparently in a past life, Leo South nodes were like important. <laughs> so uh-huh. <laughs> it's much more about releasing that and like caring about humanitarian values, which is the Aquarius mm. North node. Yeah. By the way, is that what they call dream work when you lay down and have things happen? <laughs> <laughs> they, they could. There you go. Dream. That's that's it. That's your next book. That's your next deck, yeah. I think. <laughs> like dream work prompts. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. And I mean, like, I guess now I, that was a joke, but what are you working on next? I don't want to rush your process because I know you just birthed this deck into the world, but what are you excited about building and creating? So this app is actually releasing a compatibility feature. <gasps> yeah. Whoa, so we've been working cool. on that and that should be out in a couple of weeks, I'd say. We're also doing a crowdfunding campaign around nice. it. So, um, and that'll be on ifundwomen.com. So cool. that's, it's kind of like Kickstarter, but for entrepreneurial women. So that'll be fun. And I have the membership that's going on. It's actually called Waken the Witch. And I do feel like that is in a lot of parallel with like me (laughs) embracing the witch. So Mm -hmm. that's been fun. And then I actually did come up with a new idea for another deck, but it's still very new. So Okay, we'll keep it under wraps. Yeah, that's very exciting for all of your fans. They're like, yes, okay, great. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. (laughs) Cool. And now, okay, now I'm really, really curious. When you're creating decks, do you do research by like reading other, using other decks, and kind of feeling into them? What's that creative process like for you? So I do do like a sweep, I'd say, which you know, outside of the spiritual world, you would like research 
the other decks that are out there, how you differentiate yourself, what your numbers are in terms of stats like your followers, your email list, whatever else counts, and then who this deck is for. And so for me, mm-hmm. like how I differentiate myself is, you know, Mystic Mondays in general is very friendly, positive inspiring, motivating, and also very colorful because I do believe color has a huge, I would say, presence in healing. So people can definitely heal with color. And that's kind of why I wanted to infuse color because the different frequencies carry different vibrations. And that that goes on for all of the different things going on in Mystic Mondays. It's very vibrant if you're familiar with it. Yeah. It's a beautiful deck. If you, you, everyone listening, if you don't have it, I love it. It's like such a great deck. I've also found that it's really great for asking work questions in particular. And now that I've met you, I feel like I understand why, (laughs) because yeah, it's a beautiful deck and it is really like, even if you're a beginner and you're not quite sure what the imagery means, or maybe you're a little bit nervous to interpret the imagery yourself, the Colors can help get you halfway there. Like, oh, wow. Okay. This one's all like red and orange. What's my connotation with those colors? Like that's fiery. That's bright. That's action. Like it's, it's a really intuitive deck, especially for a beginner, I think. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot of people have messaged me like, oh, this is my first deck. And I, that just, it just warms my heart. But also because when I was making this, like in a sense, I was learning tarot while I was making this deck. And the whole point for me was to build a better relationship with yourself. So I know people, Mm -hmm. and I definitely use Mystic Mondays, obviously, (laughs) to read for other people. (laughs) But the main intention was really to craft that one-to-one relationship with yourself. So Mm -hmm. I find that when writing the descriptions, it was very much like about you accessing your higher self when you use this Mm -hmm. deck. Yeah. And the descriptions are great. They're always spot on. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> and do you have like outside outside of your decks, do you have a favorite deck that you love to use or that you're loving right now? Yeah, I use the Dolly deck a lot. And I just like oh, cool. with him. Yeah. Do you have that deck? No, but I've been eyeing it. It's my birthday soon. So I'm like, I want a new deck. I'm kind of a collector. Oh, yeah. And so that one looks really cool. And you like it? I do. A lot of the cards have classical paintings on them. So it's like a reinterpretation mm-hmm. of that in this deck. And I just, he's one of my, Salvador Dali is one of my favorite artists. So I just really appreciate him. And we kind of, did a similar thing like mine is a bit more subtle but my tarot birth cards are the sun the wheel of fortune and the magician and I really resonate with the magician and Mm -hmm. Dolly also put himself on the magician card and at the time Ah. I had pink hair (laughs) so I also like put myself on the magician card too but I don't think anyone can tell so oh my god I love that easter egg okay great you heard it here everyone yeah (laughs) that's so cool oh okay now I'm like I gotta go get that Dolly deck it sounds so dope I didn't know that he made it yeah oh incredible he painted them too Oh my God, that's so cool. Ugh. Okay, great. Now you've inspired me, Grace. Thank you. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was so lovely to just get to catch up with you and 
hear about your process and I'm just really grateful that you exist and that you're like bridging the gap between these two worlds and you're showing other people that it's possible. So thank you for doing that work and for just being yourself and making these beautiful things that help other people know themselves too. Michelle, you are melting my heart. (laughs) (laughs) This was an absolute pleasure and I am so glad to chat with you. And yeah, this was lovely. Thank you so much. Of course. And where can everyone find you? So I'm at grace.duong on my personal, but you can find at Mystic Mondays pretty much anywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, (laughs) all the things. All the places. Oh, and uh, mysticmondays.com. And then you can also find more information about the decks and the membership and all those good things. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Grace. Thank you, Michelle. And that's our episode. I so hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Grace Duong of Mystic Mondays. Mystic Mondays is actually doing an iFundWomen crowdfunding campaign right now. So if you want to invest in the app and make it even more beautiful and robust than it already is and call yourself an investor in a conscious business, then go ahead and click the link below in our show notes and download the app. It's really awesome. I'm really enjoying it myself. We're doing a 31-day tarot exploration inside the North Nodes or pulling a tarot card every day. And I've been recommending that people, for people who don't have tarot cards, that they use this app. And I think that they're really loving it. So that's all that we have for you today. If you want to learn more about our product review inside the cusp, you still have plenty of time to join the cusp before the review goes live on Friday. And even if you join after Friday, you'll still get access to it. You just have to pop into our Mighty Networks group and click on the product of the week to see the review. Okay, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and listening to this podcast. It means the world to us when you share it on Instagram and with your friends and when you text us and tell us that you loved it. Really, it does mean the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I can't wait to see you on the internet. Bye.